Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Rumble Strip. I'm Mike Knapp. Happy Monday to everyone, and of course, this is the start of a big week. With cars getting on track at Indianapolis Motor Speedway on Wednesday, with qualifying, of course, happening this weekend. I thought I'd get the week off to a good start by running an interview I did with Alex Pillow a couple weeks ago. 23-year-old Spaniard is off to a great start in his IndyCar career, heading to Indy 11th in points and already has the first podium of his career, which he earned at Road America last month. Alex and I talked about the start of his IndyCar career, his excitement for racing at Mid-Ohio, which unfortunately we'll have to wait for a few more weeks for that to happen, and of course his newfound love of ovals and the excitement about driving in the Indianapolis 500. Alex is a great dude, and this was a really fun interview. So here we go with Alex Pillow. All right, we're back, and I'd like to welcome one of the more, more pleasant surprises in the IndyCar season this year, Dale Coyne Racing's Alex Pillow. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. Thank you, Mike, for inviting me in your show. Sure, and we were talking here uh, off air a couple seconds ago that uh, uh, you said your family is uh, doing really well and everybody's uh, doing great from COVID, so um, just a lot of good things to be positive about, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I'm super happy that at the moment everybody's fine, everybody's healthy, um, and I can't wait to see them really soon. Yeah, you, you also mentioned they're going to be at uh, at uh, Mid-Ohio. Um you know, I think like all of us, we've been uh, away from family for stretches of time because of everything happening. I'm sure you haven't seen them in a while. So uh, how great is it for them to be able to come and uh, see your races, especially in your first season in the U.S.? Yeah, it's awesome, to be honest. I think um, I don't see them since May or maybe a bit before. So it's been a long time. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm super excited to see all of them, to to have some family time and to to show them how's IndyCar because um, all of them they love racing. Unfortunately, it's not the same now as uh, it should be with all the fans and stuff. But I hope they they can enjoy as much as possible. I was exchanging emails with your PR person, Karina Redman, which. Uh, thank you, Karina, for setting this up. And she said you were traveling and doing some sim work this week. Uh, how'd that go? Yeah, I did. Um, so we we normally do um, some days before, uh, especially the road courses. Um, so yeah, we, we were doing mid-Ohio stuff um, just to get up to speed. Um, I know the track. It's the first track that we're going to race that I know uh, from mm -hmm. last year. Um, but it's just to yeah get up to speed, uh, make uh, some setup changes to see if if it's in the right direction or not. And yeah, we made good good progress. Um, I think it's gonna it's gonna be a good weekend for us. And and the team has been always really good there. So um, yeah, I'm not worried about the performance of the car. Yeah, and you know, let's uh, talk about a really fun topic. I know for you, uh, surprisingly, I, I I might say, but uh, oval racing. Uh, you've driven in three oval races at Iowa. You finished 11th and 14th in back-to-back -back nights. Uh, what are your first impressions of oval racing now that you've got a few under your belt? Yeah, man, uh, it's been tough. It's been really tough, uh, mainly because um, I've never been on an oval uh, before this year. So um, going uh, in Texas with uh, only having like an hour of testing and then on the same day doing the race, um, that was really tough, um, just because of confidence. Uh, oval racing is so different to road course or street course. Right. Uh, you need to have a lot of confidence in yourself, uh, with the car, with the track, 
and I had none. I didn't have any confidence on myself, on the car, on the track. So it was tough. Um, fortunately, Iowa was better. Um, I think we qualified uh, much better. Uh, for the second race, we qualified seven, which I think it's it's a really good result for us. Then the races, um, Iowa, I think it's the most difficult place for the strategy because it's so short that um, if you stop one lap earlier or later, you are in risk of having a yellow, or losing uh, one lap or stuff like that. So we were not really lucky with the strategy. Um, but I learned a lot. We finished both races. We had great speed. So I can't wait to go now to Indianapolis. Yeah, and I was at Iowa and I and I watched uh, both the races and um, paid uh, particular attention to uh, you know both nights. And I thought you looked a lot more comfortable racing on Saturday night than you did the night before. Was that was that the case? Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, to be honest, on Friday night, um, it's true that we finished 11th and that was better than finishing 14th on the second day. But I think we did a much better race on Saturday. Um, it was mainly because of the strategy uh, that didn't work out on Saturday. But I was really, I was much more comfortable. I was doing overtakes around the outside, which I did not overtake anybody on the outside on the first day. And mm-hmm. that's just because of um, of of the, my comfortability with the car. Um, yeah, the first day I saw everybody was doing overtakes on the second lane, and I was like, uh, maybe it's not the day. Especially yeah. if you know that you have to race that same car uh, on the following day. It's like, oh man, I'm, I didn't feel 100% comfortable. So yeah, we, we did a lot of progress. I was much more comfortable. And, and really exciting, to be honest, because it's it's really good that now going into Indianapolis and then to Gateway, that I already got like some experience of overtaking, doing a lot of pit stops, um, running in traffic, running with better tires than everybody, with uh, worse tires than everybody. So, yeah, I feel not 100% comfortable uh, with the ovals yet, but I feel, let's say, 60 or 65 <laughs> Yeah, but I'd, I've read a couple places that, that uh, you really enjoy it, though. Yeah, I love it, to be honest. I love it. It's it's weird. It's weird because it's a lot about feeling. Normally, I have a lot of feeling uh, on road course. Um, so, yeah, I, I love it. The racing is, is really nice uh, as a driver, as a team, and I think also as a fan. Um, the, the races are normally really interesting. Um, you see a lot of overtakes, you see people going like two seconds faster or two seconds slower. And I think races are really interesting. And I think that as soon as I get comfortable, I'll be able to run, um, with, the top drivers. So, uh, night racing is, especially on ovals is, is more something that you see here in the U.S. compared to rest the rest of the world. Had you ever raced at night before? No, I didn't. Uh, Texas was the first one, and then Iowa, obviously. So um, it's it's really nice, uh, especially with IndyCars, because we have the metallic um, skins on the lower of the car. So mm-hmm. you see all the sparks going. Um, yeah. That's pretty nice, to be honest, uh, when you're following a car. And also, it's it's a bit more tricky on visibility, um, mm-hmm. just because you don't have as much uh, 
view as you you would do on a normal day but uh it's nice i i, I love it so uh had you raced much with any type of like aero screen or anything that that like what are on the the indie cars before you so what i did uh last year with super formula we had the halo okay um so yeah it's basically the same just without the screen and to be honest they they did a really good job with the screen itself because um i think everybody was worried about the reflections uh on the screen um but that's really good the only problem we have now it's uh the temperature inside the cockpit but i think um every race we're doing small changes indycar is doing small developments and and i think we're getting there what yeah what was the difference they added a couple of new uh new things to try and get some more air pushed into the cockpit how much of a difference was Iowa from, say, Indianapolis a couple of weeks before? Yeah, so basically what they did is just to try to get more air into the cockpit so uh, the air uh, refreshes a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, it was good and bad at the same time because we were getting a lot of uh, sand and marbles inside the cockpit. Um, so it was maybe not 100% worth it. Um, some drivers hate it. I didn't hate it. I just, um, <laughs> I don't think it's the last uh, or the top development we can do. But um, yeah, I think we have uh, new things for uh, Mid Ohio and also for Indianapolis. So I'm curious to see how that works. Well, and the great thing about the Aero screen is uh, it got put to the test there at Iowa and uh, passed with flying colors when you look at the uh, wreck with Colton Herta and Renus VK and a couple of other incidents. Um, as drivers, does that does seeing a safety feature? Unfortunately, these things happen, of course. But uh, as a driver, seeing a safety feature put to the test for the first time and passing that test, does that how does that make you feel? Does that make you feel a lot better about uh, about the safety features and what's uh, uh, you know what uh, and the fact that it works? Yeah, I always, I was always um, positive about AeroScreen, even before testing it. I think um, it's it's good that IndyCar is is thinking about driver safety, and and we we gotta continue making it safer. Uh, we saw Renus and Colton's crash; that could have been really bad, and it wasn't. It was good. So yeah, I was super happy. I was super happy that also Renus was okay after the crash. And and I think that the IndyCar made a, a, an impressive job. I think, yeah, it's true that maybe it's not the best looking thing in the world, but I just <laughs> prefer to have uh, weird looking cars at the moment, just because we we added an error screen um, of an existing car. So mm-hmm. they didn't design all the car um, taking into account the error screen. So I'm sure that when the new car comes out, um, the car is going to look really good with the error screen uh incorporated and and yeah i'm super happy that they think so much about this driver safety so yeah 100 percent i'm into the uh, error screen well and i'll tell you just from you know a fan standpoint of being at iowa i thought especially once it got dark under the lights and stuff i thought the cars looked really really slick and you know i mean i've been an open wheel fan for a long time and was wondering how i felt or how how i was going to feel about it, the aero screens and and I just think they're just they just make the car look a lot slicker, uh, you know. And I I can't wait to see what they look like at 
touring 30 miles an hour in Indianapolis. I think that's completely yeah. too. Yeah, I agree with you. It's true that the first time you see it, um, same with the Halo, like first time you see the new things, um, mm-hmm. you you say, oh man, this doesn't look good. But then you you get used to it and, and they actually look really good. Um, maybe some angles, they don't look super good. But to be honest, from the side, I think it looks really, really quick and really aggressive. So yeah, I think we, we just got to get used to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and we talked about uh, uh, oval racing, but you know, you you mainly got uh, two Indy car on your uh, abilities on a road course, and of course, you showed that off at Road America's. You know, the highlight of your season was your uh, your podium there. Uh, you you really seem to adapt to that track really quickly. Um, why do you think that was that was the case that Road America came to you so well? Yeah, that's what it looked like, but actually it was it was tough. It was tough because yeah. we again we didn't have a lot of practice. We had one hour and the same day we had the race. Um so it was tough from a driver's standpoint. Um just because the first thirty or twenty minutes of the session, I'm just learning the track. So I'm not thinking about the car while mm-hmm. all the other drivers um they are already working on the car, making it better, making the balance more towards what they need. Um, so yeah, that's why I think that at the beginning we always have like a slow start and then we obviously we go faster and faster. That's why I think first qualifying we qualified 14th um, mm-hmm. and then second qualifying we almost got the pole. We started um, third. So um, yeah, that I think Mid-Ohio is going to be better just because I know the track and I can just focus on um on the car on the car balance so yeah i'm looking forward to that yeah when you look at these double header weekends and and again you're you're usually uh you know quicker in that second day is it just getting down and and looking at the the data and and talking to your engineers and and everything like that 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 just uh makes you learn some things and maybe gives you a little more confidence for the next session yeah absolutely and to give you an example, in Iowa, we had uh, qualifying was two laps, the first lap for day one and the second lap for race for the race two. Um, uh-huh. On the first lap, I did P18, which is like, oh, man, this is bad. And then on the second lap, I did P7. The car is the same. Um, the data, I didn't look more data during a lap. And it was just confidence. Um, I just did more laps. And, and having... Um, yeah, one hour of practice sessions. It's it's tough for me. It's tough, really tough. But um, it is what it is. It's the situation we we are in right now. And and yeah, I think now I got used to the team. I got used to the car as well, uh, which was completely new for me. Um, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the next couple of races. Yeah, and like you said, with with ovals, given you know you hadn't raced on them very often. Um, what is it what is it like to uh, like say for texas and indianapolis it's going to be the same way what is it like to mentally uh, you know play the game with yourself where it's like okay we're coming up to a corner i have to keep my foot in it you know yeah. was that was that something you had to you had to really kind of work yourself into that mode yeah so you normally before a qualifying you you know what what to expect uh, you know where you have to live to how much you have to live um, and the, and you have to trust the engineer. So the engineer says, okay, just do this and the car is going to be okay. 
and you say, okay, okay. So you have like an hour to prepare yourself. You think you got it, but then you get there, first corner, you know you have to leave, I don't know, like 50% and suddenly you release like 90% and you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's it's just pure confidence, to be honest. So uh, it's tough, it's tough. That's the tough thing about the ovals. That it's good if you have a lot of confidence in uh, with a car and with yourself, but as soon as you don't have confidence, um, it's 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 hard to be able to be quick. But um, as I said, we will get there. And the good thing about Indy is that we we're gonna get lots of practice there, so it's not gonna be about confidence. Um, so yeah, also I think they they've been really strong. Delcoin's been really strong the past three years, so we'll go for it. Yeah. Did, did you think, though, at, at going back to Road America, did you think you'd end up on the podium so quickly into your career? Uh, no. To be honest, I before starting the season, the ultimate result was finish P1 in the rookie championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to score a podium during the year and try to score a win during the year. So mm-hmm. um, when I saw that, with the COVID thing, we had less races, less road course, no testing in between races and only one free practice. It was like, oh man, this is going to be tough. So yeah. yeah, getting it at Road America was not super surprising, but was like a good, really good thing that I didn't expect to happen on the first race. Mm-hmm. Um, and also trying to fight for the pole position was also really, really impressive, I think. Um, the, the team did a really good job. Obviously, if you if your car is not able to to finish on the podium, you're not gonna finish there. And I yeah. think we had uh, maybe the strongest car on on Saturday. So yeah, love it. So to a lot of IndyCar fans, it was a bit of a surprise when you know it was announced that you'd be driving in 2020, and you tested with Dale Coyne back in. Uh, at Mid Ohio last August. Eventually, how did everything come together on that deal? Yeah, I know a lot of people was maybe some fans. They were even angry. Um, <laughs> I, I understand. I completely understand. Uh, it's just like a young kid that that you don't know. It's been racing in in Japan and in, in Europe, and suddenly comes and you think that it's the dad that it's like putting a lot of money, but to be honest, I'm coming from a normal family, normal workers. Um, my family cannot afford motor racing. Um, so I, I'm super lucky to be here. And I've, I've been really lucky. I had a lot of people that supported me. And I had um, a good year last year in Japan. Uh, I was driving for Honda. So then I was like, oh, man, I have to take this opportunity and try to, to push these Honda guys to, to give me a test, an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And everything worked out with Honda, with uh, Team Go that I was racing already last year uh, with them in Japan. And and we could do a test. The test, I think, was really, really good uh, for me and for the team. And then we tried to work a deal uh, for this year. So, yeah, to be honest, I didn't expect this year to be here. Um, but I'm so lucky and so blessed to be here. So it sounds like you're your first generation racer. Um, how did you get interested in racing? And uh, you know, what, what was your background before you got into open wheel and worked your way up the ranks? Yeah, so I'm the first member of the family to 
to be in this world and and let's see i don't think that my sister is gonna follow um, <laughs> but we we are trying we're trying but she's already 12 and she said no that's not my thing so um the story started when i was back when i was five years old and it was because in between my home and my school there was a small go-karting truck and i was passing there every day two times a day and it was like oh um I, I want to try to to drive a car, so we ah. we um, we tried to to do some laps on the car, but I was so small that they didn't have a car to fit my my age. Oh, okay. um, so yeah, so then my family decided to um, give me a, a car for my fifth birthday, um, a second-hand car, really small, uh, really cheap car, go kart. Um, so yeah, we started from there. We didn't want to become like a professional race car driver. It was just like a hobby. We were going on Saturdays and Sundays mm -hmm. and doing some laps with my dad. And then we did one race, another race, and now we're here. And, uh, you know, of course, you must have become very, very good at it and, and uh, all that. But just, yeah, that, that love of racing. I mean, you know, how is it? How's your... How's your family into into racing now? I mean, what is what is it what is it like now? Yeah, so to be honest, they they didn't even like motor racing or racing in before I got here. Um, it's true that my dad was uh, was a motorsport and a Formula One fan, um, but just as the normal people that just watch the races during the weekend. Um, but now, yeah, obviously they, they watch all my races, they support a lot and they, they are really interested. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. To be honest, it's really cool because um, I had my dad doing a uh, mechanic for me in go-karting. I had my uncle, um, I had my grandparents also helping. So it's like all the family at some point, um, they helped me in some other ways like mechanic or whatever. Um, and it's really cool for our family to be to be this united and to be able to to achieve what we what we done so far. And of course, you love what you do. But what's what's the one thing you love most about racing? It's everything. And the other day, I was talking <laughs> also in another interview, and it's like a, this is like a drug, man. It's like as soon as you get one win. You get mm -hmm. addicted to it, and you you want more. You just want more and more and more, and and that's it. I don't know uh, what to tell you about racing, but every time I get into a car, um, it's like joy. And as soon as you get one win, uh, the feeling you get with the team, um, with all the people that is behind you, the sponsors, it's just amazing. Um, so yeah, I hopefully. We get some some wins this year uh, with the team. I have a really strong relationship with all my crew. Um, they've been working really hard, and it was so nice to see how happy all of them they were um, when we got the podium at Road America. They just say, "Oh man, they deserve more." So, yeah, we've been working a lot uh, since Road America to make it happen. So, uh, of course, you know, being from Spain, you started your career in Europe and. Uh, eventually you made your way like you mentioned to japan last year what was that experience like had you ever been to japan before or what was that adjustment when you were when you were there no i never uh, been in japan before um so i was racing in europe 
but um, yeah, my my team couldn't afford to 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 give me another year uh, in single seaters in Europe. So then okay. I was like, I I finished racing. To be honest, I was uh, February two thousand seventeen. I think it was mm-hmm. that I had no nothing to drive. So I was basically back to studying. Um, but then I received a message uh, from a team in Japan that they wanted to test me for Formula Three. So I said, yes, let's go. So yeah. I went, I flew to Japan, did a test there and stayed there for, for one year. I, I drove for them. Uh, and then already I got the relationship with Honda, but I had to wait one year in between before going to Super Formula. So I came back to Europe, got a ride in another Formula 3 and then go back to went back to Super Formula in Japan last year. So it's interesting. Japan, I don't know if you guys ever been there, but it's it's a place where you learn a lot from the culture, from the country, from all the people and it's an amazing place. Yeah, I my only time there I I did a layover on uh, on the way to Singapore. So I spent like 3 hours in Japan. That's my Japanese experience, but I'm looking forward to, to someday um, making it back. But how's your Japanese? Uh, my Japanese is not good, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I first started, it was like, okay, now that maybe my career is going to be in Japan, I need to learn Japanese. Okay, so I tried to uh, do some online courses at the beginning just to get up to speed. Mm-hmm. And I opened the first lesson and it was like, oh, no, I like I cannot do that. Um, <laughs> the thing is that as you cannot read, it makes everything super difficult. And it's how the, the pronunciation is. It's super difficult. So I was like, oh, man, I, I need to get first better at English so I can speak with them. And then maybe I'll, I'll learn Japanese. So unfortunately, I cannot speak Japanese. Yeah, I mean, it must be such a different experience because, I mean, I um, I speak a little bit of Spanish, and so, you know, I can manage whether it's it's I've been to uh, France or Italy or whatever because eventually everything can almost look the same. You can make it out because it's all in the same letters and same yeah the same everything like that. But yeah, going to characters and all that other kinds of stuff, I can't imagine what that what that would be like. It's super tough, super tough. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, and talking about experiences, I mean, like all of us, you were affected by uh, COVID. And I know you were living here in the U.S., but you went back to Spain when everything shut down. And you, uh, you know, in Europe, you guys were completely shut down and you were in your apartment for several weeks. I mean, how did you keep from just going absolutely crazy during that time? Yeah, that was that was crazy. I flew back to Spain mainly because I I didn't even have had a sofa here in my apartment. So um, I didn't have anybody and I was like, man, I know that we're not going to have a race in three months. So um, I better go with the family and mm-hmm. and have some family time. And I didn't even have a medical insurance here. So it was like, oh, no. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was crazy. It was bad. In Spain, it got really bad. Uh, all Europe got uh, locked down and, and it was tough. I think it was like four weeks, like a full month of completely lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. We were able only to go out for groceries and, and that's it, not even running. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had to do, I, I was lucky that uh, IndyCar organized the iRacing Challenge. Um, so I was all day on the simulator and trying to do some 
some sport inside uh, my house. How did you like that that iRacing challenge? I loved it. Um, to be honest, I always been into the e-games or e-sports or simulators. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super good for the championship that they they really saw um, that there's a lot of people that is into esports and esports is really big. We can get a lot of fans from there. Um, and it's awesome. I think it was an awesome idea by IndyCar. Uh, do you think it, it's going to help you at all? I know it, when you get back to Indianapolis, we'll just set an experience of doing a little sim racing or is it just way too much different? Uh, I mean, yes and no. On the driving side, no. Um, <laughs> No, because as I said, it's about confidence. So on the simulator, you crash and you go again, you crash and you go again. Uh, not on the real one. On the real one, you hit the ball and the wall hurts. So, um, but for learning tracks, it's awesome. Uh, for knowing how to race, it's also really good on ovals uh, because it's, it's just basically the same about momentum and uh, about uh, thinking two laps ahead or mm-hmm. two runners ahead. Um, and then also working with the team is just completely the same. So it was really beneficial for me that being new with the team, I got to work with my engineers. So I knew how they talk on the radio. I knew how they think during the race, um, how the strategy goes. And, and I think we learn a lot from each other. So as we got closer to Texas race, like you said, you were uh, still in Spain and there were doubts as whether or not, uh, and I think Renus was in the same situation, whether you're going to get here to the, the U.S. in time. Just uh, tell me everything that went on to, to make that happen, that, to get you here. That was tough. Um, since the day I, I went back to Spain, um, I started working on how to get back to the U.S. because I knew it, it was going to be hard, but mm-hmm. it went really, really hard. Like There was no way. Um, so the only thing we could do both Rinas and me was to fly to Mexico, spend 14 days there, and then try to pass the border. Mm-hmm. Um, so we both did that. We spent like 10 days in Mexico together, and then uh, we got the waiver from from IndyCar um, to be able to to pass the border, make a COVID test here, and if it was positive, then you are clear to race. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, which yeah, I think that was that was what we needed. Um, and thank you to IndyCar. Without IndyCar, um, I don't think I would have made it here to like from Mexico to here because that was like a gray area was not forbidden but was not permitted. So it was like a yeah gray gray area. So everything worked out at the end um, but I was really worried uh, during my time in Spain because I didn't know if I was gonna be able to make my first IndyCar race. So uh, spending that time down in Mexico you said uh, you were you know down there with with Renus had you ever raced uh, against each other or uh, did you guys become friends as, as a result of that experience? Yeah so we we didn't know each other we were just talking via Instagram and he was like, okay, man, what can we do? Let's go to Mexico. So we met there. Um, and it was good, to be honest. I, um, having somebody else there, uh, we trained together. We, we became friends. So unfortunately, then we went to Texas and we both crashed. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
like together and that was like oh no man why like <laughs> you are now my only let's say friend in indycar and we crashed um but yeah it was unfortunate it was not um nothing we could avoid so yeah so how's it how's it been in the indycar paddock i mean you know in terms of uh meeting people and and everything like that what's what's that experience been like um now it's been bad just because we are not allowed to um, oh that's true. like we yeah. are really separate so yeah that's uh, true yeah i had the uh, opportunity to meet some some guys um but mainly on social media and i met will and scott dixon on the podium which that's I, it cannot get better than that i was gonna um, say that's a great place to meet people that's the best place to meet people. So I'm. I need to learn to meet a lot of people. So hopefully, we'll do it on the podium. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, of course, next week. Uh, I'm. I'm sure you liked this uh, couple week break. It was uh, pretty much a pretty much a frenzy, and then you're going right back into one with uh, five races in four weeks here. But uh, you're heading to Mid Ohio, which, like you said, you've been to last year. Uh, what What do you like about Mid Ohio? What uh, What do you think? is the key to going fast there? It's a really tricky place, um, mainly because you have no no margin for error, like you can have at Coda or places like that. Um, it's, yeah, I think it's really about driving skills there. Like you have, all the corners are connected, so it's a lot about having really good momentum from one corner to the other. So you have to prepare a lot the next corner but you cannot go really slow the corner you're doing now. So um, I love it. I love it. They have really high speed corners, really slow speed corners, really hard breakings. And I think it's really complete and really good for racing. I, I think also that tired egg is quite high, which then makes uh, the races really crazy. And that's what we all love. So, um, yeah, let's see how this year goes with the tires, strategies and, and stuff. But it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I mean, I've been around that course a couple of times in, in a road car. I think another thing that might be a little underrated about it is just uh, there's some pretty quick elevation changes and elevation changes right into corners. Um, yeah. that's, that just adds another another wrinkle to the, to the track. Yeah, mainly because you're fighting with a car all the time. Um, like you go up, you don't see the, cor the next corner. That makes it really difficult for the driver. But right. then sometimes also you get up, like the car balance upsets with a uphill or downhill. Um, so yeah, that, that makes that racetrack really interesting as well. Mm -hmm. So another thing I, I, you know, it was a couple questions ago, but uh, uh, you're living in Austin now. What, uh, yeah. and, you know, Austin, I was there for the, for the Coda race last year and really, really loved the city and would love to uh, go back there sometime. Uh, what made you choose Austin? So, yeah, it's a long story that um, my first time in in the United States, I always, well, first of all, I've always been uh, really um, interested in the U.S. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know why, but always been that way since I was a kid. So um, then my first time in the U.S. was back in 2018, where I did one race only of uh, World Series, and okay. it was here in Austin. So... I was super happy being my first time in the U.S. Like I was just like a kid living my dream. 
and yeah. and I really enjoy it. The people were super friendly. Uh, the place looks awesome. Uh, the food was really good as well. And then yes. they have really good pickup trucks, which I don't know why, but I also love. Maybe because we don't have any pickup trucks in in Spain, so that's why I I it, it gets a lot of attention from me. So then when we signed uh, the contract, I was speaking with Dale and and he said that it was not needed for me to, to live in Chicago, mainly because not all the crew is living in Chicago. So you, you don't have a lot to do there. We don't have the simulator there. So, um, so then I was, okay, I'm not going to live in Indy because my team is not there. Um, so it was pretty much like a you can live wherever you want. And I said, okay, let's go to Austin because I need to live there. I need to experience uh, there and then I'm going to decide where where I'm going to live. But I, I've been loving um, a lot living here. Um, the problem now with the uh, virus, uh, you're not allowed to do everything. But yeah, I love it here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you said when you headed back to Spain a couple months ago, you said you didn't have furniture or anything. Have you, have you rectified that? Have you, have you had time to furnish your apartment yet? Yeah, now it's, everything <laughs> is done. And then I was speaking with my girlfriend because she was not able to come here. Um, so I, I was like uh, trying to make a deal so I changed the dining table for a simulator because she was not here and I was going to be alone. And mm -hmm. then after two weeks of fighting, she said yes. So that was a really good win for me to be able to have a simulator. Mm -hmm. But the simulator is not here yet and it's going to arrive next week, the same day as my girlfriend arrives. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be tough, tough decisions, tough decisions. But but she she's with a racer. I mean, she I think I think she understands. Yeah, she understands. But is she gonna understand that I'm gonna build a simulator while she's here? I don't know. We'll find <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm gonna be with her, and when I'm alone again, I'll I'll go back to simulator. Yeah. So after Mid Ohio, of course, is Indianapolis, and uh, you were there for the GP. What was it like to see? Uh, to see that track for the first time it's it's impressive it's massive that place is is big um obviously they have a lot of history there i i went to the museum it's amazing i mm. recommend everybody um uh, to go there and it was it was nice to be there for the first time it was a shame that i didn't get the full uh, May experience, which everybody says that it's amazing to have the IndyGP, then you stay there for the, uh, let's say, the qualifying uh, week, and then you go, you stay there for the race. But mm. anyway, um, I think maybe it's easier for me. So I, I went there, I knew how big is that place. I raced in the GP, and now I'm going to have like two weeks dedicated to the oval. And, you know, a normal May, like you said, is, is so busy. Do you think maybe that's a little bit of a, say, a silver lining for you? It, your first experience there, it'll be a little more uh, low-key than it might have been if, you know, you'd been here in, in May and all the activities and everything you have going on off the track? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to be, even if I hate it, that I'm not going to get the full experience, like all the fans, all the media activities. I love doing media activities, staying with the fans and interacting with people. But 
Um, I think that's going to help me on the driving side just because I'm not going to be like overwhelmed uh, of the size of the event. So, yeah, it's going to be good for me. So I'm going to get the first experience uh, without too many things going on. And mm-hmm. then next year, hopefully everything is all good on May and we can get the full experience with everybody there. Yeah, because it's, it's a really special time in Indianapolis, the month of May. I, I, you know, I mean, I lived there for a while and and it's just a great place to be in May. But like you said, as a rookie, it's probably better to just be able to low key it a little bit, and then next year yeah. when you know what to expect, you'll you'll be all right. But uh, 500 miles, three hours of racing, seven eight pit stops. I mean, what are what are your thoughts uh, ahead of uh, next month that, that you think about the 500? That's paradise for a racing driver. <laughs> I'm yeah. looking forward to it. It's like um, yeah, and the good thing about it is that you get so much track time um before heading into a race that you you should be able to to make the perfect car for you um mm-hmm. before the race which which that's gonna be awesome i never had that opportunity but yeah it's a long race um it's a really tricky race because i've been watching a lot of the past races um and man you see the people that they are really clever on that race like you see Rossi how he drives there you see Scott Dixon Helio Castroneves um like all the good guys power when he won and Mm -hmm. man this this race is tricky that's why it's so important that's why so many people is trying to win it and and that's what we're gonna try and do well, and like you said, I mean, I think the the comfort level that you're have going into both qualifying and the race, I mean, you know, probably on the low side, you're going to get, you know, a thousand miles in uh, practice before you even go out to qualify. That's just got to be a huge advantage for you. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That It's going to also because this year it's so demanding for me that I think it's pushing uh, my skills or my work or I don't know, but it's pushing me so much mm-hmm. harder than maybe everybody else, uh, just because I have to make a lot of work in really short time period. So I'm going to continue doing that. But then you get to Indianapolis and it's like, okay, you have five hour sessions today. And it's like, wow. And tomorrow again, and then the day after again. And so, yeah, yeah we're going to have like, I think almost 20 or 15 hours of practice before the qualifying which is like, okay, man, so you can do it. Like, you have enough time. You have a great car. Um, you have great people. So, yeah, um, it's going to be really good for me. So, of course, your teammate Santino Ferrucci had a good run at the 500 last year. Um, have you have you guys started talking about it yet, or you wait until you get, you get the other races out of the way to really start focusing on Indy? We talked a lot about Oval um, just because he's been he was impressive last year, mm-hmm. um, but not about Indy in particular. Um, I think as soon as we get there, uh, I'll be able to ask lots of questions. Um, but yeah, he's been really good uh, last year. Also this year, maybe he's had some problems uh, this year uh, mm-hmm. with strategy or pit stop or some bad luck but i think every everything is going to come together and we're both going to have a, a great run at indy so hopefully i'm going to be able to learn quickly from him uh, because yeah he he was really impressive last year 
So along with McLaren, you guys are really one of the the younger teams in the in the paddock. I mean, uh, how's it been to work to work together? It's been it's been good. It's been good. It's been tough also because um, even if you I don't know if you give me the uh, the best data to compare, um, you don't have time to compare. So basically, everybody I think not only us but everybody is working alone. Um, so it's tough. It's tough because you don't have enough time to compare. But I think it's been good because we could we can follow the same. Uh, the same car concept so mm-hmm. we can drive all the same car i think that helps the team to to try and develop the car even more um, because they all work on the same direction so it's been good so far it's been really good i think uh we were both really strong at road america we were both uh really strong at iowa um, and he was strong at texas and indy gp so um yeah i think we're gonna we, if everything goes together, we both going to have a really good end of the year. So given some of the success that you've had, especially on road courses and everything, have your goals for the rest of the year changed at all? Or are they the same as, as uh, when you got started a couple months ago? So the goals are the same, but we have to do it earlier or in <laughs> less. So yeah, we have less races. Uh, less road courses, more ovals. So that's like okay. So you gotta make the work um, earlier than than you predicted. So yeah, um, the goal is still the same. We gotta win one race, and we just have two races at Mid Ohio, one in Indy, and maybe one in Sam Pit. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna try and make that happen at Mid Ohio um, because otherwise uh, uh, we're gonna go really late. So. Yeah, uh, we need to be upfront all races. I would say that we are we have a car capable of finishing top five uh, almost all races in road course, and and hopefully if we get everything right, we can fight for a win. Well, you've been a lot of fun to watch so far this year, and uh, best of luck to the rest of the year, Alex. And uh, hopefully, we'll see you at the track sometime. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I hope. You guys enjoy watching, and and I hope we can get some good results at the end of the year. So thank you so much again for um, giving me the invite for your show, and hopefully I'll see you again. Yep. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Alex, for joining us on the show, and best of luck in the 500 and the rest of the year. I'd also like to thank Dale Coin Racing PR Karina Redman for setting up the interview. I hope you enjoyed the interview, and stay tuned for an interview with two-time Indy 500 winner Al Unser Jr., That'll be dropping on Wednesday. Stay safe, everybody, and I'll see you at the track.